Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by proamsports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Roll out. 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 Some pretty original lyrics there with Ludacris. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you in orders. Now, I guess I missed the memo. Uh, welcome back. Ludacris is at uh, Commonwealth Stadium tonight. So, too, will Dave Campbell and Morley Scott, Brendan Ulrich, Blake Dermott, the whole crew, as the Edmonton Eskimos uh, star for prediction, will blow out the Argos tonight. They're going to win by 20. Uh, we'll get Dave Campbell's thoughts first of all on Ludacris. Dave, of course, is the Eskimos radio analyst. Dave Campbell, welcome back to Letters Now. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you, Bob? Good. Uh, so, like, when you're sitting there driving around with your uh, wife uh, in the car, is Ludacris the first thing that comes on? Uh, I have to say it's not. <laughs> um, I don't even think it's the second, third, or fourth, or fifth thing. Or, you know, I, I don't think it, it has a number. <laughs> um, I, I believe the kids call them Luda. Is that what the kids call them? I, Luda? I don't know. It makes sense to me. I mean, you can't go, hey, Chris. I mean, that doesn't make sense. Hey, Luda. Oh, and Luda Chris. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, Freddie was telling me yesterday that apparently he hasn't put out anything new since, I don't know, like six six years or so because he's been focusing on his acting career. I, I did not know that. So, all that, all that pop culture stuff I, I learned from Brent. So. Everything you learn, you learn from Brendan, except on how to operate the board. You knew how to do that before Brendan was here. He's a pioneer, that Dave Campbell. Yeah, you were. <laughs> Although he operates it better than I do. I, I, I taught him the board, and he runs it better than I ever could. So. Yeah, you people don't know this, but you actually predated Brian Hall here in Edmonton, Dave, so just kidding. Uh, already, so, yeah, I, 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 like I remember seeing Ludacris on one of those shows, right? Like, I don't know if it was Sally, Jesse, Raphael, or this is going back like 15 years ago, and I, I didn't know who the guy was, and then the Eskimos bring him in, so it all, it, I didn't know he was in Fast and Furious. Brendan, who's the, the lead actor, the guy that's still alive that's in that? Ah, uh, Vin Diesel. Vin He's Diesel. Because Paul Rocks Walker was the guy Paul that passed. Walker, yeah, yeah, he Rocks was the guy. one of the big actors. And too. The, the Rock's in it now, too? Oh, yeah. He's been in the last... I think he's been in them all. In the most recent Has ones. The Rock been in all of them? Maybe not the first few. All right. Let's see what you know here, Brendan. Name the uh, NCAA football school that The Rock played at. Oh, I should know this. Dave you, knows this, of course. University of Miami. Yes. Yeah. Come well, on. Yeah, there's a show on, based man. on... There's a show based on it. Come on, Ballers. man. I know you the watched you. that. Yeah. Come on, man. All right, Dave, we got the Toronto Argos in town tonight. Uh, first of all, let's talk about what happened last week. Strange football game, wasn't it? 
It was weird. Yeah, I mean, the start was horrific. Uh, 12 nothing down. The Eskimos touched the ball once on offense, and they gave the ball away on a fumble. Uh, the uh, Argos scored quickly. They're up 12 nothing. They run 12 offensive plays, and all of a sudden, the second quarter rolls around. The Eskimos just rack up so much so much yardage. Uh, had the ball. Uh, they created uh, first downs, but they only score six points. I mean, you think when you have that much possession, that many yards, those chances in the red zone, you're going to be up by a lot or at the half. They should have been up by at least a touchdown, but they're down by five in the third quarter. They, you know, it's a, it's it's a continued struggle. Uh, they finally get their touchdown, and then at the end of the game, uh, with uh, five minutes left to go, the Argos ran 19 offensive plays. The Eskimos ran just two. And the Argos sealed the deal. They win by three. And the uh, the Eskimos did not finish well. And that, that was weird because they're usually very good finishers and very good, uh, a very good team in the fourth quarter. But they only produced 30 yards on offense, and they had two two-and-outs. So that wasn't good. The discipline wasn't good. And yet they did do a lot of good things. It was almost like, Bob, you, you have your, your good and your bad column. And the, the good column was filled with a lot of things. But the bad column was filled maybe with three or four bad things. But that's all it takes. You know, to uh, to really corrupt your game. So, uh, I really want to. I'm really anticipating to see how this team comes out tonight uh, against an Argo team uh, that you know I would think. You know, I would think got to be very wary of this Eskimo team. Uh, I think they had a very bad taste in their mouth. They weren't happy with themselves, and I'm really curious to see what go what, what's going to happen tonight. Dave, I'm trying to figure out the Eskimo defense. How much of this is injury-related? And maybe educate our listeners on the significance of the guys that are out, especially in the secondary. And is there something schematically that allows teams to sort of pick the Eskimos apart when the Eskimos need to stop? Yeah, I mean, they got a lot of starters on their six-game injury list right now. they got three starters in the secondary, and Johnny Adams, uh, Margin Colhoun, those are their two corners. Forrest Hightower, who uh, was one of their halfbacks, and then they got Mike Moore on the defensive line that uh, was uh, that started the season in, uh, beside Armando Sewell, and of course Adam Konar uh, is, is their short side linebacker. So that's five players that are that are off the uh, off the team's uh, starting group. Two you know, Cana- part- two Canadians, right? Two Canadians, yeah, yeah, that's right. yeah. So and they tried to go with a Canadian to replace uh, Arjun Colhoun and Jordan Hoover. But the drop-off was so dramatic. Yeah, uh, you got Arjun Colhoun who played five seasons at Michigan State, then you got Jordan Hoover who played, you know, time at Waterloo. You know, NCAA did one school versus a CIS school. Yeah. Nothing against the CIS, but it's not Division One NCAA. No. So there's a massive drop-off. So a couple weeks ago, uh, Jason Moss made the uh, ratio flip to go to a, a, a corner, an American corner by the name of Maurice McKnight, who's a who's a rookie. Actually, he was released after training camp, but they ran into so many injury troubles that they brought him back. Uh, so they got uh, McKnight, Nick Taylor, who's uh, has some experience in the CFL. They're man, man in the corners right now. Uh, Monshadrick or Money Hunter, who's the son of uh, Tory Hunter. Oh, yeah. Five-time All-Star in the uh, Major League Baseball. They got Grimes back at one, the other half, and they got Neil King at safety. Now, you know, there's... There's a lot of people that like to point the finger at defensive coordinator Mike Benavides, saying, "Well, you, you play too passively. You pay. You play too much soft zone." Um, I think there's a bit of, you know, I think he's in a bit of a bind here because um, in the beginning he had to really play sort of a very base coverage, very base coverages, very base rush systems. 
So he relied on four-man rush uh, the last few seasons with the Eskimos, and, and he had enough uh, quality up front, you know, with guys like Willis and, you know, last year, Euclid Cummings, and, of course, Marcus Howard and Philip Hunt and players like that. Um, Daquan Bowers last year, but they had enough push up front that they could kind of get away with um, some issues in their in their uh, linebacking core and in the secondary because they had injury troubles last season as well. But the problem is they don't get the push up front like they used to. They're a quicker group, they're a younger group, but they don't seem to have a lot of uh, they don't seem to have the same amount of mass and, and strength and power that uh, the the front four did for the last number of years. So. Um, but yet, yet again, Bob, they've given up 22 points and 20 points in each of the last two games. So they are keeping teams out of the end zone for the most part. But, you know, the problem with last week is they couldn't get off the field for some reason in the fourth quarter and the Eskimos couldn't stay on the field. So, you know, what it did see Mike Benavides do up front is kind of shake up his, uh, his looks. Um, he played a lot more games up front and the, the D line got some more pressure in that second half. But, Overall, he's dealing with a young defense. Now, they are playing together. They are learning from each other. They are learning the game. So it looks like there's some more comfort. But this is going to be a better defense when they do get healthy and get their veterans back. Yeah, five starters, absolutely. Dave Campbell joining us, Eskimos radio analyst. Eskimos and Argos tonight. Uh, pre-game show 5.30, kickoff at 7 o'clock here on the play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Eskimos and the Edmonton Oilers. 6.30, Chad. Offensively, Dave... Um, Certainly in the second quarter last week against the Argos, an inability to punch it in. I know they had a, uh, a touchdown pulled off the board. Just a thought on where this group is at right now. Yeah, I would say overall they're, they're a little inconsistent. You know, they had a good opening uh, game in that, uh, that long, lightning-delayed game in Winnipeg, and then they really were not very good against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. came back against the BC Lions, rallied from a, a terrible start. They got going in the final 38 minutes of the game. And then last week, you know, they did a lot of good things. They had 428 yards of offense, 370 yards of those were through the air. Uh, Mike Rowley, another 300-yard passing game. Uh, they can't seem to get C.J. Gable going except for one game against the Lions. They're just a little inconsistent right now. And they do have, you know, some uh, some different personnel, not necessarily different personnel or new personnel, but they're playing in different spots. Um, you know, they don't have Brandon Silstrin and Darius Bowman, and they kind of set the table to where, uh, you know, to, to how the secondary or how the uh, receiving core would look. And they're, they're not there anymore. So, you know, you got some guys playing in different spots, like Duke Williams was a receiver to the far side of the field last season as a wideout. Now he's a slot back uh, to the short side of the field next to Darrell Walker. And you got Nate Bahar in the game now, who's, uh, you know, the first-round pick uh, of the Eskimos last year. And he's getting more snaps this year, so he's learning the game um, at the pro level. Natea Jay is getting a a chance to play finally as a Canadian receiver in this league. Uh, Kenny Stafford's been playing all over the place. And Vidal Hazelton is a, is a guy that's been, uh, you know, I don't think he's been talked about enough as far as a, a key guy that's been uh, not in the lineup. He got injured in week one. But, you know, I, I look at this team and they got all the tools, but it's a lot of mental mistakes. You know, I'm seeing too much still before the ball snapped, a little confusion about alignment issues in the receiving core. And there's been, some alignment issues on the offensive line, but I think that offensive line is starting to come together, and they had a lot of changes too because you know they made three changes after they lost to left tackle Tommy Drayheim, who broke his thumb in week one, and that constituted three changes. They moved Matt O'Donnell from right guard to left tackle. They brought in Travis Bond, which was a good 
good signing, uh, you know, former all-star with Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and they moved David Beard over from left guard to right guard. But uh, I think it's working pretty well in the, in the pass protection area, but the run game isn't working as well. They're just really inconsistent right now. And the thing is that the tools are there, but it doesn't look like they're on the same page. And you know how offense and defense works, right? I mean, defense, one out of 12 can make a great play, and, you know, and, and you know that's fine. But if one out of 12 makes a mistake on offense, then quite often the play will get messed up. So I think it's just more cohesion. It's more uh, the, the chemistry because the, the tools are there. But also, too, I mean, last week they took a lot of terrible penalties at wrong yeah. times of the game. Yeah. So a lot of it is, is the mental area as well. So, And, you know, Jason Moss, the head coach this week, said that, that the players especially address those discipline issues and, and especially the, 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 the discipline issues of, around, you know, be on time for meetings, be on time for practice, uh, follow the rules in the, in the locker room. And, and you know, uh, so we'll see tonight. But uh, I think the offense, they, they have the tools. I'm not too worried about it, but it is a little concerning at this point that, uh, you know, we know what this offense can do and that they they have uh, they have found ways to, to really limit themselves. Dave, there's a couple themes, though. The team started some games poor, uh, hasn't been going out of the gate. Uh, they've also been a little bit undisciplined. Uh, there's people that would suggest, you know, Jason Moss, offensive coordinator and head coach. I have no problem. I, you know, I think he made the right decision on the, on the punt with about two minutes left. Uh, and you're, you got to get a stop there from the defense. The, the one thing I would say is just when the challenges occur. You know, there's, there's, he, he seems to have a lower ratio of success with the challenges um, than other uh, than other coaches. And I, I just like to get your thoughts. You're closer to it than I am. Uh, have you, you know, is that a fair assessment? Do you think? Yeah, I, I think there are times that um, um, you could say, you know, maybe Jason Moss should have not challenged that play, or maybe should have challenged this play. And, and again, you know, let's let, let's let's look at it from a base level. To, be, to begin this, and that is you only get one challenge a game, which makes it really hard to know when to challenge. Um, so, you know, it's, it's when you use it. Now, the play specifically that he used a challenge on last week in, in Toronto, the down by contact on uh, a catch by S.J. Green, I I couldn't see how the spotters in the booth could, can, you know, and they convinced Jason Moss to throw the flag, and that, that's what happens. I mean, you know, the head coach is sitting on the sideline. He doesn't have enough time to look at the replay because he's Really not. He doesn't really have access to one unless they show one, you know, show replay on the scoreboard. So you're really relying on the spotters who get, you know, they they get all angles and they get the TV angle as well from TSN. So you're really relying on them. Um, but to me, that challenge was very hard for Jason Moss to win. He burns a timeout. He doesn't have a timeout to use after he kicks the kicks the ball with two minutes left and pins the Argos deep. So, um, you know. I think Jason Moss is really trustworthy of his of his spotters, and I think there are times maybe that uh, the, the spotters are trying to maybe win a challenge or, or wanting a challenge on a play that really doesn't make a lot of sense. So, um, and it's interesting too because I heard Jason Moss saying we all got to get better. I got to get better. Our assistant coaches have to get better. Our players have to get better. So maybe that was another area where he said, you know, our you know kind of in, in a veiled way that. You know, we have to know what we're doing when we're going to, you know, in every scenario of the game, a little bit better. Um, it, it's hard to talk about the challenges because it just, you know, it's it's uh, it's so subjective, right? So, I mean, you and I could look at a, at, at, a, at the same play and think of it differently when it comes to yep, like a that's play, fair. a play like that, right? Well, and S.J. Green was on the ground, you know, kind of crawling after he was touched, right? So, 
in that respect, you go, well, maybe he didn't think he was touched, so we're going to throw the flag, right? Yeah. So I would say it's really hard in this game right now to know when to challenge um, and, and when you're going to need that challenge. To me, there should be one more challenge, in, in my opinion. Either do it you know, one, one per half, or if you win a challenge, you gain another challenge. I think one per game is just not enough. Okay. Um, so that's where I'm going to sit on that. I'm going to ask you to make a 30-second response on this quick question here. Is anybody else on Calgary's level right now in the CFL? Not a chance. Nope. Not, nope. There is no one. The, the team closest, perhaps, is, is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Right. Um, but even still, I think we're talking about the Calgary Stampeders, and there's a big group of teams that are 2-2 two and two or, you know, 3-2, and two, and after that, it's, you know, then you got Montreal, basically. So, yeah. Well, uh, they're, the, they're, Stamp- the Stampeders are so good. Their ability to find players out of states, and then conversely, their ability to develop their Canadian players, they're just on another level right now. Dave, yep. uh, final one for you. So what happens tonight? Well, I, I, I can't see the Eskimos losing this game, to be honest with you. Just, just with what happened last week, and all these errors that we're talking about, they're correctable. Yep. And I think this team got embarrassed, honestly, of, of how they lost that game and how they performed in that game. Um, so to me, I expect a motivated group of Eskimos. And um, I think that they should win potentially big over the Argos tonight. I think the Eskimos will win tonight. Great stuff, Dave. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Bob. Take care. You bet. That is Dave Campbell joining us. He, of course, is a radio analyst uh, of Eskimo Broadcast here on 630. Chad, do you want to tell you the best pizza in the city still making a great Royal Pizza? Multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you, including the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona. 48-plus years, Edmonton-owned and operated. Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza, the Mediterranean chicken. You can visit royalpizza.ca for a chance to win today. Yes. Can always win at royalpizza.ca. When we come back, we'll get to this day in Oilers history and wrap up the show. This is Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca That's ProAmSports.ca This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. It's 156 in Edmonton. Very quickly to this day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Edmonton's premier travel company, 38 years. They have river cruises at this time for Europe. New West Travel. Great rates. Fabulous cruises. July 13, 2010. The Edmonton Oilers signed Sean Bell to a one-year contract. He is a great guy. Uh, Sean Bell, currently a coach with the Nate Ookpicks. The last player selected in the 2003 NHL draft, considered by many to be one of the best drafts in NHL history. This day in Oilers history for New West Travel. Again, travel deals for weddings, honeymoons, golf packages, employee corporate reward trips. Call a friendly staff at New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or uh, book online at newwesttravel.com. Very quickly, Brendan, uh, our winner again was Mohammed for the uh, Power Pack number four. Next Friday, you will give away Power Pack number eight. Yes, and that features the Battle of Alberta, 
A game against the Nashville Predators, the Vancouver Canucks, and the Anaheim Ducks. There you go. World Cup uh, wrapping up this weekend. Tomorrow, England. What Are they calling this in the bronze medal game? Whatever. It's England against Belgium. Uh, I will take Belgium. 3-1 final score there. And back on June uh, 13th, over a month ago, uh, yours truly made a prediction that France would win the World Cup. You went with Germany. <laughs> yeah, that pick didn't go so well. I'm going to stick with France. Uh, three nothing victory over Croatia. Three in the final. nothing. Wow. Yeah, I think they're going to take it to them. Well, Croatia just, had a wonderful run. But just to hope that you're wrong, I'll go with uh, Croatia. All right, there you go. Eskimos tonight. I got them by twenty points. What do you think happens tonight with the Eskies? Oh, they'll win. I don't know if it'll be twenty. I'll say by by. Between 10 to 14, they'll win That's by like The price is right here, right now. Yeah. Uh, Eskimo pregame show tonight at uh, 5.30 kickoff at 7 o'clock. The Eskimos and the Toronto Argos, Morley Scott, Dave Campbell, uh, Blake Dermott, Brennan Ulrich, the whole crew will be down there. Brennan will have Oilers now for you next week. We are off to a global news, weather, and traffic update with Eileen Bell on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Gonna go our own way for a week. We'll uh, join you in a couple weeks' time. So long, everybody. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.